Good morning, Faith Church. Can we just honor the Lord one more time? What an amazing way to start your Sunday. Yeah, I'd just like to welcome you guys and just thank you for coming out, uh, spending part of your Sunday with us here at Faith Church. It's week three of Garage Sale. Uh, Obviously, Pastor Steve is, I mean, the only place I can figure out he may be is after last week when he showed some of that garage uh, yard sale stuff. He may be out searching for one of those paintings or one of those pots that was worth $50 million. If that, I don't know where he's at, but he's not here, but I am honored to be with you. He'll be back in just a day or two, so we'd like to welcome everybody that's watching us online here today at Faith Church. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, if you don't know me, my name's Ronnie Pogue. I'm one of the pastors here uh, at Faith Church. Really excited about week three of Garage Sale. You know, we've talked about memories in the attic uh, the first week. We've talked about price tags uh, the second week. This week, we're talking about repurposed about how God can take something that he purchases and repurposes that into a new life. So it's going to be a great day. I'm glad to be here with you. You know, I was uh, up here sharing about a month ago, and the Lord just laid it on my heart, you know, to give out a $100 bill at each service, just try to bless somebody. Uh, So I've got good news and some bad news with that. Uh, The bad news is I don't have any more $100 bills. I'm, I'm, I'm broke. Uh, but the good news is I was kind of looking around in the basement and looking around in the garage and I found a gift that somebody had given me, a $100 bill, and I thought, wow, I'm going to be able to share this $100 bill with everybody. And here's what I found in my garage. <laughs> this, uh, this was a gift from Pastor Steve uh, a couple of years ago when he was doing the, the Mind Your Business uh, series and we found that and you know, What I couldn't figure out, he tried to throw that thing away. Man, why would you throw that away? I mean, that's the whole title of this garage sale series. I mean, one man's trash is another man's treasure. And so I've kept that thing. I thought, you know, Lord, one of these days I'm going to get to show that thing because he kind of got me with that pretty good. uh, But what's even more incredible in this series and what we're experiencing and seeing here at Faith Church is that uh, God can take a life. You know, that it looks like it's a mess. It looks like it's a wreck. Man, it looks like it's ready for the trash. And in just one split second, one decision, he can turn it into treasure. I mean, he has the power to do that. I mean, it's a God thing. It's all about him uh, because, you know, he can do it all at once. Most of the time, though, as I've seen, like in my life, there was quite a few pieces to that puzzle. Because I guess the truth of the matter is, you know, there's sometimes that we can just be kind of difficult. You know, we really just don't want to hear from it. We want to listen, but that's about it. We don't want to do anything about it. I mean, if there was a quick fix, I would have found it. So I don't know if there's a quick fix. It may be, you know, um, uh, going to church. I mean, some of us think, you know, our our spirituality is kind of based on going to church. Well, I've just figured it out, though, that, you know, God is... uh, He doesn't take attendance. I mean, obviously, he knows you're here. He loves that you're here. But he's really more about your lifestyle than you showing up on Sunday. You know, and if going to church, uh, because here at Faith Church, you know we love. We love the experience of coming in and worshiping together, getting a a relevant message and taking it out into our lifestyle. But it's not all about church. That's just a part of it. You know, all of us have opinions. Of church, right? 
And all of us kind of have some type of memories. I mean, most of us was in church at least a little bit when we were young. You know, I was thinking back about some of my memories about being young, being in church. I didn't grow up in a church family. Uh, occasionally, my grandmother would kind of round us all up if we stayed with her for the weekend. And, you know, she'd brush us off and clean us up. And, you know, it, we didn't even really have to shower. She'd just get this thing that she called a wash rag. And, man, she'd just go to town on us. So we would go in. She'd make us all go. She'd let us play. And then we'd come in. She'd wash us up. We'd go to church. But, you know, when I was young, I just... I just didn't really like going to church. I didn't like missing on playing, being outside. I didn't like being in there and some big guy yelling at me for 40 minutes. That wasn't my thing. But the one thing I did, I remember my grandmother. She was always there. And the one prayer I had, Lord, please let my grandmother, Mom Pearl, keep going to church. Because I'm afraid she may be the only one in this family that gets to heaven. And so, you know, as, her, as she led us, some of it kind of rubbed off. And as we grew older, we got a little bit better. But, you know, that's just part of it. And here's the thing about church and here at Faith Church. We really are about numbers. Uh, we don't make any excuses about that. And here's the reason why. Every number has a name. And every heart that comes beating through those doors, Jesus died for. Man, that's worth showing up. That's something. And, you know, we... Uh, we love, we love church, but here's the thing. If just going to church would create great Christians, great Christian leaders, great Christian workers, man, churches all over this area would be full of them. And we just don't have them. And so we come in and, and we want to create an environment where people actually experience life change. And church is very important. Don't get that wrong. Please don't hear me wrong and, and, and don't email me. But, but here's the key. And here's something that you can't miss. Please don't miss this. If you don't remember anything else, remember this. Jesus changes everything. Say that with me. Jesus changes everything. He has the power to do this. Just like the Apostle Paul when he wrote the second letter uh, to that really corrupt church in Corinth. And he just told them just like it was in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5, verse 17. He said this. Therefore, everybody say this with me. Not therefore, but say this. If anyone is in Christ. And that's a big if. It's a small, small word, but it's a big, big decision that each one of us have to deal with. We have to wrestle with it. You know, if you just came here, man, this is your first time here, and you just came to listen, check it out. Hey, we are so excited to have you. And church just may not be your thing. It may not be for you. But if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come The old is gone. The new is here. That's why we show up. That's why we get excited here at Faith Church. It's not just that you show up. Here's what we get excited about. When we see people who run into a God that they can call Father. Man, I hear about a son that lived as an example for them and died for their sins. And they begin this journey. They start this relationship where the old is gone and the new is here. And they'd be able to see life changes where they actually have a relationship and begin to act like Jesus himself. So we're all about Jesus changes everything. We want to create a place where people can come in. Man, they can listen. They can learn. 
They can enjoy the music. They can listen. They can learn. They can come back. Their kids are loving it. We've got an awesome kids ministry. Young people are dragging their parents into church. I make about 20, 25 calls every week. First, second time visitors coming here. Never fails if they've got kids. Like, well, my kids want to come back. We're in the whatever it takes mentality to get them in to listen and to learn because Jesus has the power to change everything. They come in and they gather that information and they learn to apply what they've heard because really hearing and doing are what makes a difference. That's why it's just so important. You know, one statement... um, I made in the first service, I'll make it again, because here's the deal about Jesus changes everything. I mean, following Jesus not only makes our life better, following Jesus makes us better at life. Let me try it over here. Following Jesus not only makes our life better, following Jesus makes us better at life. And it goes all over. It stretches out to the people we love, to the people we work for, with to the people we've been praying for. And so we're just going to look at a couple of scriptures here this morning. Um, This thing's titled Repurpose. It's really about life building. It's life building 101 and nobody can really say it like Jesus. We're going to look at, if you have your Bible, you can turn to Matthew chapter 7. This thing really starts out in uh, Matthew chapter 5 and it runs through through chapter 7. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. I mean, if you've ever been in church very much at all, you know, you've had that, uh, you've heard all about that Sermon on the Mount, uh, the Beatitudes, and then he keeps going. Man, I encourage you to to read that. Uh, We love it. I love to listen to it. But when he starts talking about uh, judging our enemies and, 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 and loving and hating and judgment and uh, how we handle our money and the sin that's in our life, marriage, divorce. Here's the thing. I, Hardly anybody applies it. We can read that, and if we don't do anything with it, that's all we're doing is we're listening, and we're not here. But he gets to kind of the conclusion in Matthew 7. He starts in verse 24, and this is for the church. This is why we come in here. And here we go. It says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words. I mean, he's kind of talking to the church, right? I mean, we show up Sunday in, Sunday out, we come in and, and, and we love it. We listen to it. Uh, we go back out. We may or may not be changed by it. We come back in. We listen. We learn some more. And that's great. And that's why we go to church. You know, and, and we come in. We get some information. We may even take a few notes. Uh, but here's the thing. Even if we believe it, even if we hear it and we're kind of convicted by it, that's just part of it. Just check out what he says. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, and what? Puts them into practice. Wow. That's where it gets a little bit binding. That's where the connection comes in. That's where the conviction comes in. Because it's easy just to come in here and sit and soak, and sit and soak, and hear and listen. But when you put these words into practice, you're like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And how's that stand? Because the rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall. Because it had its foundation on the rock. So the way we start building this life is we build it foundationally 
you know, one block at a time. You know, we're a work in progress. And when those rains come, we've got a chance. That's just part of it, though. What about, what about that other house? What about if we just come and listen? Let's keep going. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice. It's like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And what happens? The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. And that's where the tension comes in. That's where the most important thing you may hear today is hearing and doing is what makes the difference. Because the rains are going to come. Both houses were built. The storms came against both of them. Only one stood. So most of us get to this place in our life where we take a look at what's going on and you know we just almost have to draw a line in this sand or we start sinking with the sand. So as we get real honest, I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure probably most of us have, have had some storms, been through some storms, maybe in a storm. So how did your house, how did your life manage? Well, mine never did really well. You know, I, I, I was thinking about that because I looked and mine, I crashed and I crashed and I crashed and I crashed. You know, I, uh, Pastor Steve talked about wrecking his car, you know, a car he really loved a couple of weeks ago, hit a, hit a, uh, hit a building there and walked away from it and all that. I thought, man, he's just a rookie. He just wrecked one car. <laughs> Let me tell you, this is true. I crashed and wrecked every car I had before I turned 30 years old. I mean, I wasn't prejudiced against any of them. I mean, I, you won't believe this. I hit three parked cars before I turned 30 years old. I mean, that's not easy to do. I mean, you've got to have something going on to just run over cars. But the worst one was uh, when I was a kid, I, just not, I hadn't been 16 very long. My dad uh, made me work real hard, and he always liked... Uh, to keep a car, and he kept it clean, and he, 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 he had a friend who was a Pontiac dealer over in Tuscumbia way back in the day. We're talking 1975 here, okay? So he had a 75 Pontiac Grand Prix. This thing was longer than one of these pews right here. I mean, this thing was like a battleship with wheels on it. But every Saturday, he said, hey, Ron, I want, you to, uh, I want you to take this golf car, and I want you to go fill it up, and I want you to get it washed. Man, I was so excited. Every Saturday I'd go do it. And then one Saturday I went down there, and this was back actually when the guys come out and pump the gas for you. So he came out, we hollered, we knew each other. And we, I'm going to say, yeah, you're going to wash it. Yes, sir, I'm going to wash it. So he comes over, and you got this drive-through, and he's, you know, pulling me in, pulling me in. And I, I guess I get a little bit to the left, and he gives me this. And I don't know what happened, but when I went to kind of just go slightly right, I hit the gas. Yeah, you know where this is going? I mean, I jumped the rail, ran over the car wash, almost hit him, and then had to go home and try to explain this to my dad. I mean, that was just one crash, and I hit three-part cars. My dad would try to go get accident insurance. They were just like, when's he going to have another accident insurance is what they're going to have to sell. But we all go through these. You know, and, and we gotta, when we're young... We kind of get a pass on some of that stuff. You know, it's just part of it. You know, we make mistakes. Uh, we make bad decisions. As we get older, if we don't do something about it, it gets a little more serious. 
we start looking at these crashes and it's, it's our jobs or it's our marriages or it's our kids or it's our dreams. It's our life. If we don't have a foundation that's being built. So the thing is, how do we avoid the next crash? And for all you young people here, man, if you catch any of this, just think about this. You can avoid that crash. Or you can sidestep most of them anyway. It's up to you. But if you hear this and you don't do anything about it, the Word says you're going to have a crash. That's a fact. So how do we avoid these future crashes? We build again. We try to build it better so that the next time doesn't look like the last time. And you know, I always get caught up. There's, there's some traps that, that are always out there. You know, there's kind of the, the one where we always hear where uh, experience makes us wiser. Experience doesn't make us wiser. It just makes us older. I mean, if we still go out, we're still doing the same thing, thinking it's going to end up with a different result. Obviously, that's called insanity. You know that? Experience doesn't make us wiser. It makes us older. Evaluated experience is what can help us make some changes and learn from some of those mistakes. Another one I love is that the no better, do better theory. Just because you know better, you think you're going to do better. That never happens. Huh? If we had, that was the case, we wouldn't be having municipal court down here with the same people, getting the same speeding tickets, the same fines, going into the same sales with the same bad decision. Knowledge doesn't make you make great decisions. You know, and I, sometimes I still struggle with that. I mean, I can be with my family, and if they're hungry, they're going to make me go through a drive through And I know better than taking my, my bunch through a drive through It never goes well. I mean, we, we're pulling up and it's either going to be burgers or chicken or tacos. I mean, how hard can it be, right? So you're pulling in, you see where you're going to order. I've already got my mind made up. I pull up, can I take your order, sir? Yeah, I need a number three, uh, large fries and a large Coke. What do you guys need? And my wife's over going, I look at her and she's like, I just don't know. I, can you give me a minute? Is that all certain? No, can, you, can you give me a minute? Okay. Okay. All right. All right. And I, and I look at my daughter and, you know, she's special. Okay. She's the baby. I'm like, okay, babe, what, what do you need? She's like, well, I want, oh my gosh, I want, um, I want two soft tacos, just meat and cheese. I mean, that's not a taco. That's hamburger helper. <laughs> And so we go through this and are like, well, is that all? No, I got one more. And my son, he's kind of figured it out. Okay, he's 18, he's smarter than the rest. When he literally sees smoke coming out of my ears, he knows I can't get any, 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 any more mad. So he just gets whatever he wants. Yeah, man, I want that triple baconator, supersize everything. Dad's got it all under control. <laughs> Knowing better... Doesn't mean you're going to do better. And there's one more. It's called the time trap. You know, we all kind of get hit by this. Man, when you're young, you know this. Man, when you're young, you just want to be older. Man, you want to get in the game. You want to start getting out there where it's at. And then, man, when you're, when you're, when you're older, you just hope you just got a little bit of game left. <laughs> but we always wrestle with that. And time feels like an enemy. It really might be a friend. But here's what I want to tell you about that. And especially everybody here, pull in. 
You're never too young to chase a dream. And you are never too old to reach your dream. You're never too old. Matter of fact, you know, we're big in the South on NASCAR. And man, everybody thinks they really want to drive one of those things, 180, 190 miles an hour. Very few ever do it. I'm just going to tell you somebody will do it. Check this out. Now, that, that's, not, that's at Talladega, but it's not a 500. I mean, that's actually action. Now, I'm talking about this guy right here. You see him with his helmet on? Does that look like me? There's no way I would do that. It's this guy. This guy, he's 73 years old. That's my father-in-law. He's got more guts than I will ever have. Again, to the point, you're never too young to chase a dream, and you're certainly never too old to live one out. But here's sometimes our problem, our struggle, is that, you know, when things are going good, man, it's all good. I mean, but when a little bit of rain starts up, and man, our house starts leaking a little bit, and then it turns into a storm, man, we start forgetting about where we're building, about what we've built on. Now we've got to have reminders. God, I just pray that God would put, people would give you constant reminders in your life. You know, there's a special guy toward the, to the end of the Bible. His name was James. Um, and he's Jesus' brother. I mean, can you imagine trying to live up to that, trying to get a point across? Yeah. Listen to what I do. Well, I better just reiterate what my brother said let's do. But man, he has great life points in there. It's a very challenging book. I'd encourage you to read it um, because it's just a great reminder. In James chapter 1 and uh, verse 22, he says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Man, if you're just content with coming in and listening and learning and listening, that's just a part of it. God's crying out to us, do what it says. Here's what happens if we don't. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says, like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. So you think about that during, during those times when James... Uh, was talking about this. They, they didn't have the mirrors that, that, that me and Lenny have that we, can, that we can read. You know, he talks about me all the time wanting to look in the mirror. Well, I can tell you this. I loved looking in the mirror 25 years ago a whole lot more than I like looking in it this morning. Because I got up and I started thinking about that last crash. You know that first look in the mirror, you're like, oh my gosh, What happened? It looks like I slept on my face in a, in a parking lot. And you know, and you start trying to kind of scoot it over and rearrange it and, and uh, you figure out it's really not doing much good. So you kind of suck it up. And, but just think about this, what he's talking about. What if you take that first look and that's it? Man, you just go on out and, and take on the world. Man, I, you know, I, I forgot really what I look like. I'll be okay and you get out there, man, and, and you're looking kind of messed up. You're looking like a wreck. Think about going to work for a few days like that, and people are like, hey, man, you okay? 
Oh, yeah, I'm fine. I mean, you look like a wreck. And so you, start, you get back up, you go, you look, you forget, you go. After a few days, people are like really concerned about that. Are you sure you're okay? And then this is what, this is what church people do. Oh, yeah, I'm okay. Just pray for me. Yeah. Go back another day, you're looking worse. Are you okay? Yeah. yeah, just pray for me. Man, you can pray until Jesus comes back. You've got to listen to those words, and then you've got to do something about it to make a difference. And here's the point about that. And here's where you can really learn to apply this. Not only can the Word tell us that, but man, if you've got people in your life really close to you, you love them, you trust them, you see them kind of being true to Scripture where they're walking this thing out, man, be open to them speaking into your life. If you've got a mess, you're in a wreck, man, seek those people out that can do that body work on your life. Amen. And don't just listen. Do something with it. You know, it's like a pastor likes to get on those commercials about the exercise equipment. Man, that's kind of one of his pet peeves. Y'all have noticed that, you know, buying that stuff off of TV. I'm in the, I'm in the same boat with him. You know, and then I, and I, start, I, you know, I transitioned out, retired from one job and come over here and I thought, oh my gosh, what have I done? This guy, Pastor Steve, it's ministry 24-7. I mean, it's all the time. My schedule just blew up. I don't have any time to do anything. But I love every minute of it. So here my heart. But I figured out, you know, I've always been kind of an active guy. I started everybody, like a lot of y'all, I started playing sports when I was seven, eight years old. And man, I just love it. It's a passion of mine. So to find a time or, or to, to kind of work out, um, I have to do it early. You know, the one thing I swore off of was I'll never buy those workout DVDs. Never. Never. But now I've got a garage, and it's full of them workout DVDs. I mean, i got T25. Uh, you know, I, I'll even sneak in and grab my wife's 21-day fix every once in a while. And actually, I said I was buying this for from, from my son. He's 18. But I, at Christmas, we got Body Beast. That's the one I really like. So if I'm going to do anything, here's what I found out, though, about those things. Man, if you work, they'll work. If you work that program, it'll work. If you've got problems going on, if you need a 12-step program, let me tell you something, as a product of one, they'll work. But they won't work without you putting out the effort. So the other day, a couple of weeks ago, I was out there and I was doing my thing and, you know, I... I might have been doing that 21-day fix. You know, they do a little more of that aerobic stuff, you know. And so I kind of like that. You know, they get the music going. And actually, I put on headphones, so I'm kind of rocking around there. And I had asked a guy, a retired electrician friend of mine, to come over and take a look at some things I had going on outside. And I didn't really see him go by. I thought something. So, um, so I was finishing up this workout. You know, I love when it's over. That's my favorite part. 25 minutes to buff. You know what I'm saying? So I'm there and I'm finishing up and I don't know and I'm just about done. I'm fixing to go out. And then you know what happens when your jam comes on. I mean, is anybody out there with me on that? I mean, we know it's like, that's my jam. So I'm fixing to walk out. I'm thinking, man, I am really working it now, man. I'm throwing it down. I got the Carlton going on. And I walk out. Yeah, and I'm looking. And all of a sudden I look over and here's my friend over there with a screwdriver and he's just looking. And that's not even the worst part of it. I look down and I've been working out in my boxer shorts. 
I have no clue if there's a point in that at all. Some things are things that we swear we'll never do. God calls us to do. You know, man, if he wants to take me out, embarrass me, uh, I'm all for it. You know, I got to a place in my life where it was really so bad. Uh, you know, I, I, I just did, I didn't really care what other people thought. Uh, but for me, for what we do here, for what God's allowing me to do in my life, I, don't, I just don't have a choice. The one thing he always reminds me of is a night about 25 years ago. Man, when I woke up in the middle of the night, and I'd, I'd put a, an entire paycheck, week's paycheck worth of junk in my body. And you know, there was this moment, I just, I just didn't know if I was going to make it. You know? And I prayed that prayer, and I'd prayed so many times for it to skip me through this. And it was just like he was in the room with me. It was just like I heard his spirit say, last chance. Last chance. That's something that he never, and I pray he never lets me forget. Because, you know, so much we try to do in our ability, and we don't fail because of lack of ability. We fail because of lack of commitment. And I know there's a lot of you out there, man, you serve God with all you got. I don't have a choice. And it's no longer work. It's this ultimate privilege to get to get up and go after him every day and maybe be able to share what he's done in my life and help somebody else repurpose their life. So how can we make our next time turn out better than our Last time. You've got to make a decision. I mean, do you really want your next time to be better than your last time? Then there's things you've got to do. You've got to listen. You've got to learn. You've got to gather information. Then you've got to go to work. You've got to start applying it to the things that's taking you down. I can tell you this about the work. If there had ever been an easy way out, I would have found it. But here's the thing, man. It's all said and done. Our biggest regret is not going to be fixing up this outside. I mean, because we're going to do that the very best we can. We're going to take care of this as long as we can. Our biggest regret will be if we don't fix the mess that's on the inside. And if we just don't want to deal with what's taking us down the hurts. And when we get honest, it's often our, our heart issues and some of our habits and our attitudes. And they end up just taking us down and wrecking us and ruining our purpose. And those battles and storms come up and we forget about where we've been. We're like that man in the mirror. We forget. Man, we just got to know that we want it to be here at Faith Church. Your hopes and not your hurts that shape your future. You know, Faith Church, it's, when I say we're about numbers, we love seeing people coming in, but it's not about getting bigger. It's about caring about people and helping them to get better. Where people can come in and truly hear and, and find a purpose and get repurposed to really live it out. 
I mean, isn't that what it's really all about? And we can't do a lot with it. We try. But the truth is, Jesus changes everything. You know, we want them to be able to come in and hear something that they really can live out. And here's how they do it. We go back to James and uh, we look at whoever looks intently into the perfect law. And that's the word. It gives freedom and continues in it. What's the result? Not forgetting what they've heard, but doing it. They will be blessed in what they do. I mean, that's a promise. That's not a maybe. It's not a what if. If we listen to what this word says. But here's the thing about it. You know, so many times churches are known for this this book of the law. and, And really all it says is no. No. Can I? No. Can I go? No. Can I try? No. It's kind of like me when I, I got up to college. Uh, man, I, I drove off about 250 miles by myself, didn't know anybody, checked into the dorm and looked in there, and first thing I saw was this guy about twice as big as me, and the first thing I saw on his desk was a Bible. And I didn't know anything about that. And uh, so I started asking him, I said, hey, man, a bunch of us are fixing to go out. You want? No. Well, would you like to come over here? There's going to be a part. No. The only thing that ever come out was no. And I said, well, what can I do? The only thing I could do was get a new roommate. I mean, he just... And then I started noticing this guy, man. It was something he had that, that I didn't know anything about. And I wasn't ready for it. But I noticed that he walked with a different step. He walked in this certain kind of freedom. You know, I always thought, you know, when you're young, you get a pass, you know, you're kind of, you're kind of wild and free and, you know, things happen and you're building this thing on the sand and it's crashing, you really don't get it. But as you get older, man, doesn't something just happen? Don't you just kind of get tired of those same old crashes? And you start picking this thing up and you start really looking intentionally into the Word on how this thing might help me. And you start taking a look at how this guy named Jesus walked in humility, compassion, with love for everybody. And how he was just touching people, touching people, touching people. He was healing their diseases, their addictions, their problems. He was fixing their crashes. And you start digging in, you start looking at the Word, you start applying some of it, man, you really start learning what freedom's about. You learn how to truly love people that you thought were unlovable. You learn how to forgive people that may have hurt you in the past. You figure out your purpose, what really God's and who God's called you to be. You know, when you think about freedom that we thought being young, we could do what we wanted to. It really led us into being locked up, into a bondage. And this word, the more you got of it, it really showed us what freedom really looked like. Let me tell you why this matters. And if we've got all this experience, we evaluate it, we can, we can know better and we can do better. And man, if you're still breathing, you've got hope to make some changes. You can get repurposed into who God wants you to be. A lot of people say, is it worth it? Well, that scripture told me that if I can just listen and just do it, 
the best I can, He's going to bless me. Whatever that is, however He decides, it's enough. You know, Christ, solid rock I stand. All other ground, sinking sand. It's true. It's so true when we sing about it. And who doesn't want the promise just to be blessed? And not just for us. Here's where it gets really exciting. Man, we can take it and give it to others. We can take really what we have and what he's done and give it to somebody that we love, we know is hurting. Unless we're still sitting and soaking and listening and walking out not doing anything with it. What if we at Faith Church really began to hear and do? What if we just started getting involved? We got engaged with taking ownership of what God's doing here in this place and praying for all the other houses that God's working in. You don't have to be a professional Christian. I can tell you that. I mean, I wasn't even a very good pipe fitter. But he uses me. It allows me to, one more day, the privilege of getting up. Doing something for him. The only thing that's needed is a servant's heart. He spelled it out and pastor hit it last week, Matthew 20, 28. Just as a son of man, he didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Jesus served by his sacrifice. And if you decide to take that card, I hope you kind of scanned over it. I saw some of you looking at it. I was really hoping you was taking notes. But I hope you looked at it. You know, I know this life, I've got all the same distractions you got. There's always been a time, man, when I thought I could, you know, if I worked hard away, I mean, worked hard, I could work my way to the top. But again, this word just told me something different. Gosh, these disciples, man, they'd been with Jesus and gosh, they'd done so much and they really wanted stature. They wanted to know who this greatest was going to be. And, you know, Jesus just pinned it out. And Mark, Mark wrote it down. Mark 10, 43. You can read it. The greatest is a servant. You know, everybody got a card when they came in. If you didn't get a card, it's a serve card. We ask people that are serving, man, God's just moving so much. If you didn't get a card, if you just slip your hand up real real high, we'll get you one of those. There's one down here, over here. You see some hands, guys? But to do what we do, to create what we create, to allow God to move in this place, it takes a lot of people. You know, just since Pastor Steve's been here, we've been from reaching, we were at 500 people, now we're bringing in almost 1,500 every Sunday. It takes a lot of people. But it's really not work. It's just this awesome opportunity to serve. And the greatest among you be your servant. God's give you gifts. He's give you talents. Pastor Steve's message starts in the parking lot. We've got awesome people working out there welcoming people. 
And if you hadn't met them, you need to. We've got smiling faces at our doors greeting people, knowing they're going to have a great experience when they come in. We've got ushers that do so much. They need help to bring you in, get you seated, take care of anything you might need. Our kids' ministry is just growing and growing. We need help back there. We need help all over. It may not be for you. This may be your very first time here. If it is, you don't have to sign anything. It's just an awesome opportunity to get involved. Take ownership of what God's doing here at Faith Church. I'm going to pray for us. While I'm praying, it's okay. You can look at that thing. You can sign it. Then I'm going to dismiss. If God's calling you, He's put a passion to help out. You know where God's calling you. Take the time to just mark it and turn it in. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I thank you so much for opportunities like this, Lord, to just open up your word and, God, try to throw something practical out there, God, that just creates a stir in people where they can, God, start some of these private disciplines. God, it's going to help them start into personal ministry. God, that's what we're about. Lord, we do know that it's just an honor to come in your presence. Father, I pray that you'd bless everyone here that's been able to listen, maybe learn, maybe maybe they can take something, God, and apply it and see life change all around. God, show us how to do it outside these walls and do it for your honor and for your glory. God, I just ask your blessing on everybody here today. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks so much for being here for week three. If it's your very first time with us, man, don't forget to take that envelope back to our connect room. We'd love to put a gift in your hand. We've got a prayer and care room over here.